Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us again. This is yet another episode, actually episode 28 of That's How I Roll. I'm your host on this virtual, it's now a virtual drive home because I'm already home sitting in my basement like, you know, doing a podcast thing. But anyway, I'm Jeremiah Isley. Thanks for joining us and virtually riding shotgun today is uh, a friend of Theology of Games and big cheese head honcho uh, guy over at Gamelin Games, and that would be Michael Coe. Michael, how are you? Hey, Jeremiah. I'm doing great, man. Doing really good. Good, good. Finally getting some... It's cooling down here in Arizona, which is nice. It's been a, a ridiculously hot summer, so now... Uh, I'm, I'm basking in the in the cool weather here. Basking in the uh, 88 degrees of cool weather in Arizona. I don't, what's yeah, cool so for can, you? I can finally get outside and, and and do some things outdoors now, which is good. Excellent. So, like, what's what's cool weather for Arizona? Oh well. 70s 60s <laughs> nice it's like <laughs> yes yeah, so. it's dipping into the 20s here but that's okay <laughs> yes no so in other words perfect weather then is, is right have, right you either have blazing hot or really nice so anyway yes. <laughs> welcome to the corner of thought and conversation which way will you turn why not hang a right and join in on the conversation by tweeting at Theology of Games or sending an email to theologyofgames at gmail.com. So um, it's been a while since we've even caught up really on the blog side. You've, you've done a good number of sort of written question, question and answer interviews uh, for Theology of Games. But it's even been a while since we've caught up that, on there. Um, tell us what's going on with gambling games. What's, what's new and exciting? Yeah. So, I mean, it has been a little while, so, um, you know, we've just been working hard at, at tiny Epic, just trying to bring awesome content to the hobby in, in, you know, through our vehicle, which is tiny Epic, but yeah, we've even uh, started branching out a little bit. We've got a really neat project that, that we're working on. That's kind of outside of that, but, uh, but maybe we'll get to that in just a bit, but one great thing we just opened up a office here in queen creek so it's not really like a retail space it's more of an administrative space but it allows you know us to get out of the house and uh, have kind of a more organized creative space that we can go and work and spread our prototypes out and not have to put them away at the end of the night you know (laughs) so all right it's time for dinner i gotta put work away (laughs) right right that doesn't have to happen anymore so excellent you know we're we're quite excited to to be able to move around here at this office and and get some more things done you know that's great um yeah it's it's always nice to be able to kind of separate those two things um you know and when you go home you go home and work's not there waiting for you so 
I, I can totally, <laughs> totally agree with that. I can, I can feel you on that one. So um, yeah, Tiny Epic, let's talk about that just for a second because I think the last Tiny Epic thing I had my hands on was a prototype for Western. And, okay. And since then, there's, there's been quite a bit going on. Yeah, so you're not too far removed if Western was your last, but we uh, since Tiny Epic Western, which wrapped up on Kickstarter earlier this year and then right. has now been delivered to backers and is out in retail stores as well. So that's kind of just way out in the open now. Um, but since then, we did uh, we revisited Tiny Epic Kingdoms with Ultra Tiny Epic Kingdoms, which really yes. is kind of like for people who remember the original uh, Kickstarter for Tiny Epic Kingdoms, the the original version of the game was on single you know poker sized cards and mm -hmm. everything was very small and then as the project just blew up and, and backers provided their feedback and, and we kind of put our our heads together we ended up formulating the size uh that has been consistent for the tiny epic games now uh but we lost that that really really small size that kingdoms once was sure and so that's what ultra tiny epic kingdoms essentially is it's we've gone back to the roots of tiny epic kingdoms and reproduced the entire game unabridged in a card box so in a in a box the size of a pack of cards uh, and it's got 70 cubes and <laughs> oh yeah it's it's perfect for setting up anywhere you're at because now it just fits in your shirt pocket you know right right it literally can go anywhere if you can take yes. a pack of cards you can take tiny epic kingdoms that's very cool very cool, and and that's and that's been happening. We've been getting a lot of uh, uh, activity on social media. People being like, "Oh, check me out! I'm on a plane," or I'm, I'm, <laughs> nice. I, I, "I'm at my daughter's uh, play rehearsal, and all I have to work with is a bench, and I've got Tiny Epic Kingdom <laughs> set up on the bench." You know, so that's really cool. That's pretty I've awesome. Been appreciating those. That's that's so. That's got to be really rewarding to you just to see like people are catching the vision of it and and running with it. Yes, it really is. It, it really kind of helps justify the whole thing. And, and I was like, I knew that there was that that would serve a purpose. I know that there are people out there that really would like a full, uh, you know, 4X style game, even up to five players, but but they're limited, you know, so I'm yeah. glad that it's found those people. Right. It's kind of like like that Brady Bunch episode when Bobby Brady was the only one that could like get inside the little tunnel or tree or whatever to save them because he was so small like you've lost tiny. me on this one i'm not uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you've got some people so you can keep so, going with it the people who have he was he, i can't remember the episode but he was so upset because he was so small but he like saved them all because he could get into this tiny space and and nobody else could now ultra tiny uh epic kingdoms <laughs> is like the Bobby Brady of the gaming industry. So take yes, that it'll for save what it is. People. Yes. <laughs> for since no other games can quite get there. That's it, right. It saves the day. <laughs> it, it is a one of a kind. So since then though we've uh, had some exciting things going on with Tiny Epic Galaxies too. Yeah. Um, actually Tiny Epic Galaxies uh, got picked up for season four of Tabletop with Will Wheaton. So that was outstanding. That was awesome news. So we went down there earlier this year and helped uh, kind of referee the episode, which was really cool being on set. Cool. Yeah, nice. Being able to meet everybody. And so, I mean, as a matter of fact, today, you know, when we're actually recording this, uh, tonight, they're going to be airing our episode on that uh, Alpha series uh, service that they have. So, oh, cool. And I think. 
down the road it'll come to youtube I, i'm not 100 percent sure on that but nice okay but it is airing tonight on alpha for people who are already part of that awesome very cool um, so that's pretty cool but we released an expansion for the game we, we yeah. blew it up we took it to the next level <laughs> similar to like what we did with tiny epic kingdoms when we released tiny epic kingdoms heroes call so that was a kickstarter that we finished up just less than two months ago really wow yeah um I saw the Kickstarter. Um, tell everybody just what what does it add to the game as far as Galaxies? Um, Galaxies is still my favorite of the epic, the tiny epic uh, lineup, and it's actually it's been for a while. It's been my favorite dice game overall. Uh, so what what do you add with with the new uh, expansion to that? Well, so we, we add a couple of things. Uh, first, we add like a set collection aspect now, which kind of turns scoring upside down a little bit okay. in the sense that there's these exploration badges and there's going to be a few avenues in which to get them, but you're going to have to pay a lot of attention to them because at the end of the game, when that 21 points has been triggered right. and everybody's adding up their points, now you've got to go through adding up your, your bonus victory points from the set collection aspect, and that can definitely change the winner position. So, okay. so that's a, a whole new layer that people are going to want to pay more attention to than, than maybe they'll be inclined to on their first playthrough. I think, you know, while they're trying to learn the, some of the other cool stuff, they may, they may not consider those bonus points as much, but, but I tell you that that really changes things up, which is exciting. It makes the conclusion of the game uh, a little bit more exciting and it feels a little less determined, which is great. That's great. That sounds um, really cool. In addition to that, we added a pressure luck aspect. Uh, so now you can explore beyond the black, you know, that's so, but mm. you do this in the way of pilots, which is really the kind of the marquee uh, addition to this game is, okay. it, are these pilots with these variable powers and abilities. But when you've hired these pilots, you're going to explore beyond the black and you're going to go out and you may find uh, dwarf planets or raw materials or uh, maybe you end up in a supernova or a black hole or something dangerous too. So, but when you go out there, you kind of press your luck a little bit. Um, and that's a, that's a really neat thing as well, because the exploration cards themselves are how you get some of these exploration badges I was telling mm, you about. Okay. Yeah. And, and so if you're just going out there and you're taking kind of the, the cheap uh, instant rewards now, instant gratification kind of stuff, uh, then the exploration badges you're getting are usually pretty low. But if you're, you know, conquering solar storms and asteroid fields and getting out of the grip of a black hole, then your exploration badge payoff for that is much higher. So, uh. so but, it, but it also consumes the time of your ship a little bit. Think like how the planets have tracks. Well, so, right, does, right. so does an asteroid field or a black okay. hole, but it's okay. a track that you have to get out of. So it kind of it's a bit of a sink of your time and your your unit, but then you get a, a nice payoff for it. So that's a really fun part of the game as well. Wow, that sounds intense. That sounds like a a, a nice deep wrinkle into the game. So yes, <laughs> it changes cool. it up. But <laughs> but the pilots are great too, they, and they're kind of a, a smooth uh, impl implicate your implementation into the game, um, where they sit outside the the. It's like a, a line of them that sit above your line of planets, and so okay. they kind of look similar to that you just create another line but now you're all trying to compete to hire these pilots and what's nice is you're doing it with uh with pairs of roles that you may not be using otherwise so let's say that you're you've got a ship on a diplomacy planet 
and you you roll a couple of economy icons right. well instead of re-rolling them you could now dump those to hire a pilot and that's so it, it's nice because the hiring the pilots comes in as kind of filling some voids where otherwise you may have been left with some unusable dice but now right. you can have an option for them which nice. is really cool very cool very cool Beyond the Black, and then you've also released a, a whole new title. Well, you just kickstarted, right? Uh, a whole new title for uh, the Tiny Epic series. Yeah, so our biggest Kickstarter campaign yet, actually, our biggest Tiny Epic game. Uh, the, it was tremendous support from backers. Ended up almost getting 20%, close to 20% more backers than we'd received on any of our previous projects. Wow. And so that was really, really exciting. Uh, it's a game called Tiny Epic Quest, which is our first time in the Tiny Epic series taking on uh, a puzzle aspect. So oh, cool. the game has, it's kind of puzzly with some pressure luck, which is a, a critical part of it. But we've done some pressure luck before, but mixing it with this puzzle element uh, is really fresh and it really makes for, a, a, again, a completely new experience. In this one, uh, we build it as a sandbox adventure because there's a lot of different things you can do. And, and when you when you build out the board and it's modular, it builds out a little bit different each game. Uh, you're going to be placing temples and spell obelisks and, and chasms where these goblins are spewing out. Nice. Uh, and, and magical mushroom grottos that you visit for superpowers <laughs> and things of the sort. These are all going to be scattered throughout this vast world, and it's a, kind of built out like a grid. Okay. And then there's going to be a limited action selection system, which is how you move around. And so uh, there's five forms of movement, and they're basic, like uh, only horizontal or only vertical or only diagonal. And you can move as many um, cards as, as you can go, but in that strict direction. And then when an action is taken, all the other players can follow that action. So if I choose to fly on the Griffin diagonally, all the other players can follow me and take that diagonal movement, and then it locks it out for the round. And after four nice. uh, of the five have been taken, the game transitions into a night phase. And that's where the pressure luck comes in. And it's through a communal dice rolling, which is really cool, um, because everybody will have their own turns rolling the dice but everybody is also using the symbols that everybody else is rolling. So it, oh, okay. it keeps everybody involved. Nice. Um, and, and it's just a, a real nice marriage of, of some, you know, the, the limited action selection kind of borrows from Tiny Epic Kingdoms a little bit. Sure. And then, and then some dice rolling kind of borrowed from Tiny Epic Galaxies a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the way it all comes together, it really captures uh, the nostalgic feel of playing an old, uh, overworld RPG video game, which is what we were after uh, in the beginning of making you know making you feel like you've come into a a large unknown fantasy fairy tale world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little overwhelming, but then as you play, you start to familiarize yourself with the world and and where certain things are, and then you see that your efficiency as a player starts to improve, and it's a it's a neat experience to nice. to go through. So that sounds really interesting like as you're explaining it's funny you mentioned because i was like oh that sounds a little bit like this a little bit like that and uh but uh it sounds like you've kind of blended them smoothly to make a, a unique and fresh experience so uh that sounds 
super awesome. Tell me about these meeples. You keep, I keep seeing all these posts about the ITE meeples or item meeples. Um, yes. What's up so with that? I, so item meeples uh, is what they're called, and they are kind of the marquee component in Tiny Epic Quest. And for people that are familiar with Gamelin Games, we've always put a lot of emphasis on our components. Each yeah, one of our titles definitely. from the beginning has had uh, some sort of unique uh, component or something that, that's made it visually appealing, um, as well as uh, having a nice tactile element. So mm -hmm. for Tiny Epic Quest, I think we've outdone ourselves. The item meeples are one of the most fantastic things that, that, that have come out of Game on Games. And, and I'm biased, obviously, but <laughs> everybody that I put these in front of have fallen in love with them. Uh, and so, so I really think there's something here for us. It's a great new toy to play with. It's kind of like a sure. new system that we can explore and expand. And, you know, we, you know, in the past I've done uh, kickstarters for game accessories, like the fantasy gaming figures. And mm -hmm. so this is not far off from kind of some ideas I had back then okay. uh, of how I wanted to. Uh, kind of create an accessory line that could be used for all sorts of gaming, uh, whether it was just other board games or uh, tabletop RPG games or whatever. Um, and I think uh, we've we've really got our 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 hands wrapped around something cool here with the item meeples. So, nice. but they're they're equipable meeples. So they've got uh, holes in their arms, and you're able to insert all sorts of different items and accessories to kind of customize them and, and deck them out. Uh, and they're a real high quality plastic. A lot of people have asked about if they're wood or plastic and, okay. you know, a so lot of people have plastic it. then. Yes. Which is what they ought to be. And when, and you know, even, and I love wood components, believe me. And, sure. and again, if you look back at all my games, I use wood nine out of 10 times over plastic. Right. But right. when it comes to these guys, because I think they're going to get a lot of use the the wood made me a bit nervous especially because i've seen how wood can slightly have a it can fluctuate it's got more variance than plastic does it's not quite as consistent as sure, plastic i was gonna is. say is that more of a consistency thing with yes you know wood grain maybe not cutting as clean or being as precise and if these holes are not perfect and if the pegs on the items are not perfect then they'll break. They won't plug in. They'll right, fall out right. too easily. Okay. There's many ways that they can fail if it's not done perfect and consistent. Yeah. And so that's what we're able to achieve with the plastic, but it's not a cheapo plastic. Like if you pick up an, an old American board game, like, you know, and you're looking at those ponds and sorry or something, it's not that plastic. It's, <laughs> right. it's a much nicer plastic. Cool. Very and you can cool. just tell by feeling it that it's high quality and the weapons they're small because these meeples are small, but they don't break when you like, they, they yeah. bend over, think like GI Joe guns or, or different plastic toy guns. Like you can bend the, you can bend it all the way over and it's going to fatigue several. You'd have to really go back and forth before it ever snaps. So they're, sure. they're very durable. Uh, and they're just a fantastic component and you can check them out. Anybody that's listening can go to gamelandgames.com and we've got our item meeples plastered right on the front. Nice. A really cool little trailer video. People can see Excellent. how they work and yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good can't, stuff. Can't wait to, to get my hands on them and see them in person. So I've, uh, I've, I've fallen into the hype. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're a big part of, of why tiny epic quests 
uh, saw the kind of was success. So, it yeah, did. yeah, it was a raging success. That was really cool to watch that thing just blow up for you. It's really cool. So uh, as if that wasn't enough, you've got another game, and you hinted to this earlier, you've got another game ready to launch, um, but it's not a tiny epic anything. It's it's not tiny or, well, it might be epic. I'm hoping it's epic, but oh, it's, it's, not, very epic. it's not tiny at all. So uh, <clears throat> fill us in on that. I'll just let you... Run away with this one too. <laughs> well, I, I've had dreams of a big game from the beginning, you know, yeah. and, and it seems like Gamelin, we've, we've kind of stuck ourselves in a, in a small game market. Sure. Uh, and a lot of that is because we started from nowhere. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't like a business major that was a, also a board gamer and then decided to mix the two and become an entrepreneur. I, I was a bartender and a restaurant manager, you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I had to start from nothing. I had no money nothing right and so it's like small games were very attractive for me to get started because well on a small game if you make a mistake it's it's a small mistake <laughs> you know you're right, dealing with right. small numbers you're dealing with just you know much smaller things and so that was kind of how it all began but I, I had i definitely had dreams of making a big game but i wanted to wait till i was ready i wanted to build uh, a, a bit of a company first i wanted to be able to have some money in the bank because making a huge game and making it right is not cheap no and absolutely yeah there has been tremendous upfront cost required to get heroes of land air and sea the game we're talking about prepared uh for kickstarter and then of course for production and so to be able to afford those costs it, we've had to build a little while so this has been something that may come off as a bit of a surprise to some of our fans but internally it's no surprise at all we right, just had to wait sure. until we were ready wait until the time was right so it's a it's a 4x game is that correct yes okay so yeah so heroes of land air and sea is a 4x game playing two to six players the the base game will come with rules and, and components for two to six essentially but uh partial components but it's going to be built for for two to four and then there's extra add-on factions and so it's a it's a classic story of orcs versus humans i mean mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it's the big brother of tiny epic kingdoms a lot of people uh draw comparisons to okay. you know when people are like when are you gonna make you know a not tiny game right like we love tiny epic kingdoms we love tiny epic galaxies but when are you gonna make the big box version right and actually right. fully explore all these concepts well, that's what Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea essentially is, uh, cool. is we've taken a lot of the basic concepts of Tiny Epic Kingdoms, and now we've just really allowed ourselves to fully develop them. Um, nice. It's designed by Scott Alms, which is fantastic, because he stays true to a lot of the things he's known for, which are streamlined rule concepts, right? Yeah, ease of entry and, play and replayability. And so... Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea is going to be a two-hour, roughly, uh, 4X game that's going to be a table buster. I mean, it's going to take up your yeah, whole table. Yeah. But the rule book's only five or six pages. So oh, it's, wow. you don't have to go through a college course to get ready to play <laughs> this game. You just get right into it. And that's, the, that's one of the best parts of it. And that's what's really going to make it stand out from other... 4x games or other big box two-hour games is its ease of entry but of course 
the eye candy that is going to be the game set up uh, is also going to, to make it stand out. It's got fantastically sculpted miniatures made by Chad, Over, uh, Chad Hoverter of uh, 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 Mice and Mystics and Tail Feathers and just people who know those games know that he is just a remarkable sculptor and he's created all of our minis and they just look fantastic. Yeah, I so, have to say, I have been, um, you know, creeping on your social media and your, your website and stuff and the pictures you've posted of the minis are incredible they are absolutely gorgeous so if nothing else it's worth looking at the kickstarter page just to see the pictures of the <laughs> minis and, and everything else because they they do they look really cool man well i'm so happy with them and and the and i'll just tell you the base game just the four factions uh comes with 80 miniatures and oh, so that's wow. why that's why we can't just like pile it all into one game and give all six players in one game is because then we would just be asking an astronomical amount of money to even produce it and that's <laughs> right and that's you know we don't want to do that either so so we're kind of carving it out right so you get four sets and so each faction okay. is 20 miniatures so nice. you get 80 miniatures in the base game and then we have additional factions where if you were fully invested you'd have up to 160 miniatures with wow. your collection. So wow. it's really, really big. It's so much bigger than we've ever done. <laughs> that's but we're great. so ready for it. And that's it's the perfect timing for us as a company. Uh, Scott, as a, as a designer, has developed tremendously over sure. the years. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this is going to be really the the pinnacle of, of all of our work. So just really excited for it. It that's... launches on Kickstarter the end of January. End of January. Okay. Um, I think... One of the coolest things about this is what you said, you know, it's this huge, beautiful, deep, lush game, but the rule, the rule book's like five or six pages. You know, I think a lot of folks that want to get into the hobby and they see these really cool giant games are so intimidated because the rule book is, you know, two inches thick or, or whatever it may be. <laughs> and they're like, I, I don't, I, I, it's so confusing. It's, there's nowhere to like jump off on that. Like you, you have to like kind of just jump into the deep end and this is a way to kind of wade out into the deep end. So I think that's, yes. that's really exciting and really cool. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most attractive things of the game to me. And it's actually been, something that as a publisher, I've been very uh, almost just exclusively picked up games that have had easy entry like that. Now, yeah. the Tiny Epic series, we've explored some other uh, more deeper concepts with Tiny Epic Western and Tiny sure. Epic Quest, um, but that's to, to add some depth and dynamic to the series itself. Right, and that franchise, but, is, that franchise is varied as it is, so um, there are plenty of opportunities for for any level of depth within that franchise yeah so. yes but but a word to designers out there uh keep your games simple and approachable because like you said that's what a lot of there's so much growth in this industry right now yeah and 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 all that growth is a lot of newcomers yep and and the newcomers they they like these games that are easier to understand, easy to just get going. There's not a tremendous amount of reading or setup, right? And so, so just from a philosophy standpoint, designers keep them straightforward. Yeah, and keep them simple. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been mid 
rule teaching to, you know, a casual gamer or somebody kind of new. And they're like, well, can we just play and I'll learn it as we play? Like, <laughs> because they don't want to sit through a 30 minute presentation just on the rules and how to play a game. So, yes. um, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to ask you, I, I was thinking about this interview, which is by far the longest one. This is going to be the longest episode of this podcast ever. So we're That's setting, my fault. We're setting records here, which is awesome. No, it's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, I was thinking, you know, you were just talking, um, about how you started as this small company and you've kind of grown and whatnot. And I really, I thought back as, as I was getting ready to do this to like the first time we met was at origins, um, like what, almost five years ago now. Um, yeah. And, yeah. In hall D. I yeah, remember that. Yeah. And, and there, you know, you had, you had dungeon heroes with you and, um, mm -hmm. we, we just chatted about, uh, what was, you know, your, basically your, your pilot game. And I remembered, I thought it looked super awesome. Like, like you said, the components were great, even for, you know, this guy just at a really modest table, you know, booth. And, um, but you, you gave me a, a review copy and you sent one out to Scott and, and we wrote up a review that wasn't I don't feel like we trashed the game we we enjoyed the gameplay but like there were some components and some uh some content and and things and stuff that we kind of we didn't necessarily agree with or whatever and I remember being terrified like emailing you saying hey here's our review we kind of didn't like a few things about it but we liked this about it and you were super, super gracious about the whole thing. <laughs> you were like, oh, I just appreciate you being thoughtful and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I've always appreciated that you've had such a tough skin about people's critiques of your game uh, or your, you know, any of your games. And I, I just like, could you go into like, where does that come from and, and how has that benefited you um, through growing Gameland games. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of that comes from uh, just just understanding that we're all so very different, right? Like you yeah. can't even get you can't even get like the same opinion within the same household. Brothers <laughs> and sisters will fight over everything, right? Sure. And like, and so you know, obviously, we're just all so very different as people, and so when it you know, at the end of the day, I just, I just remind myself that, uh, you know, everybody has different tastes for things and they, you know, not everybody's going to like everything you do and, and you can't let that slow you down. Right. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe some of it for sure came from my history in my background in acting. Mm. So I had to learn pretty quick if I was going to continue to go to auditions that I can't get bent out of shape when I don't get hired for a job or uh, I don't get the audition and, and they don't, they didn't like how I sang or they didn't like how I acted or, you know, whatnot. And so yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't let that get to me. And I just had to, to figure out and, and kind of dig deep into, you know, uh, into what is essentially building your confidence, right. And, and yeah. come to a conclusion that it doesn't matter, uh, essentially what everybody else thinks. What matters is that, uh, your 
genuine with what you're doing and that you have integrity in your work, right? So it's like, it may not be for everybody, but it's coming from an honest place. I'm not trying to uh, be gimmicky. I'm not trying to uh, use used car salesman tactics, right? It's like sure. the games that I'm making are from the heart. They're, they're good, genuine content that I hope the hobby will absorb mm -hmm. and love. And I know that everybody won't, but I, I really hope that the ones that do, um, I hope it, it means I hope it means something to them. I hope that they're able to get genuine entertainment out of it. But but either way, whether you like it or not, you can know that it's coming from a real place. It's it's been thoroughly tested. Uh, we we're not just making up crap. We're actually <laughs> using you know formulas and testing and, and really trying to make good genuine content and yeah, so yeah and so at the end of the day when when we've achieved that i don't lose a lot of sleep if it misses the mark with a few people that's cool that's cool i yeah i i've always um i've always really appreciated your approach to that uh i i won't name names but there have been times when we have posted a review of a, of a title and even if we liked the game there's, there's been times where we overall we liked a game but hey we didn't like this about it and we felt like this could have been improved or that or whatever and we've met with some real resistance and and uh animosity towards us when it's we're just kind of giving our honest opinion and, and being honest with our readers so um that's never fun that's not a fun situation to be in and that's i don't think that helps the hobby at all um, but I, I've always appreciated your, your graciousness towards, uh, people being honest with their opinion about the work that you're doing and, and you just take it in stride and you, you continue to do what you do and, uh, what you do is make really fun games. So, um, you know, kudos to you on that for sure. Well, thanks, Jeremiah. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I would love to talk about more and more of the stuff that you have going on and your acting career and all of that stuff. But um, we are definitely long out of time here. Um, maybe we'll have you back again sometime soon to uh, talk more of what's going on with Gameland Games and, and everything else. But uh, I'm going to put a wrap on this one. Thanks, dude. Thanks so much for, for spending a little bit of time with me and, and chatting. Um, it's always good to catch up and, and see the cool and exciting things that are going on uh, on your end of, of the hobby. So really appreciate you. You're welcome. You. Really appreciate yeah. you being out here. Hey, and then I'll be back when you give me another holler, man. <laughs> I got, you know, so. Awesome. I, I enjoy ch uh, chatting with you as well, Jeremiah. All right. I appreciate that. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, if you like what you heard, take a chance, take a second, um, subscribe on iTunes, give us a review, all that fun stuff. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, anywhere. Just uh, check out theologyofgames.com. Um, check out uh, gamelingames.com. Um, they can you can find pretty much everything you want to know about uh, all things tiny epic and everything's that's not tiny but still epic. Um, it's all there and when uh go ahead and plug your uh your kickstarter do you have a, a date for that yet yeah so heroes of land air and sea hits kickstarter january 26th so it would behoove them 
if they're interested to check out your website and your Facebook page and all your social media yes. outlets because they'll get up to the minute updates. <laughs> um, <laughs> every minute. <laughs> every minute. There's something new. Uh, anyway, but seriously, uh, thanks so much to my guest, Michael Coe. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.